You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Mickey, that's a flower you're holding up. It's red. What does it signify? It's a hibiscus. It signifies uh, the traditional honeymoon period, Bob. I'm on my honeymoon uh. with Biden, and, and you won't see any pissy criticism of our president for me. And he has made it's, no it, unkind remarks about you either, I noticed. So this is like a full-fledged uh, rapprochement. Well, it's just for this week. but uh, yeah, I know. No, no. I expect him to unload, you know, within a few days. <laughs> no, I mean, on, uh, uh, on, on, my, uh, on my end, uh, I've been unloaded on, but uh, not by him. Hey, I, I, well, I have some criticisms of him that I will trot out. At least one, I think. Yeah, I, have to, I think I have one. Modest. Oh, I can I can see the thunderclouds already forming, but I don't I don't see where he's fucked up yet. I mean, the inaugural speech he didn't. My fear was he would try to get all flowery and mo- moving and grandiloquent, and he you know he didn't do that. He he gave a very pedestrian speech. It was appropriate for the moment. It had one sort of obvious uh, uh, incongruity where he. Uh, he said, "We have to bring, we have to bring unity. On the one side, we have horrible racists, and we have to reject them. <laughs> well, that's not the, you could do that more gracefully than he did, uh, and, and that well, was the central failing of the speech. Was instead of saying, uh, oh, they're horrible racists.' On the other side, he could have appealed to them, but well, he didn't uh, say he didn't explicitly. I know the, I think I know the line you're talking about. I think Carl Rove complained about this on the Fox commentary afterwards." Uh, in fact, I believe I can quote it. Uh, is it the one where he says, our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we are all created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, and demonization have long torn us apart? Yes. That, uh, when I read through the speech again, that was the one that stuck in my craw. And I think uh, th- there's a way there's a way to do it without... Uh, Without uh, seemingly to condemning the half you want to appeal to as racist. Well, let, yeah, let's flesh it out because I think maybe some people right now are thinking, hey, Mickey, if you weren't a racist, you wouldn't object to this. But no, I, th- I think the thinking on the Trump side among a lot of people, the reaction that Karl Rove was talking about was they don't consider themselves racist or maybe even nativist, but they know that a lot of Democrats think all Trump supporters are like that. So they yeah. take that as a veiled reference to them. And they're like, wait a second, if this is the way you conceive the division, then no, you're not going to you're not going to bring yeah, us back he, together. Right. He could say we can all come together while rejecting racism. We're all Americans to that. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's a way to do it. And also he obviously he, he was obviously appealing to his supporters who do think the other side is racist. Right. So. Uh, I mean, refraining he, refraining from making that appeal was part of the unity project that I think he failed and m- at. More generally, if he if he is serious about uniting the country, he is going to have to let go of the instinct to appeal to his base. You know, you've won the election. You know, just just uh, focus on the job. The the yeah, um, I mean, I, I, if if there was a line that I would have added uh, along these very lines, it would have been you know when he says. Uh, to those of you who voted against me, I say, give me a chance. I think he should have said, and to those uh, who voted for me, I ask you to recognize that the vast majority of those who voted against me 
are good people who want a better America as they see it, and we should not judge them by the actions of a few or something like that. That would have been very good. Yes, it would have been excellent, if I do say so myself. And it it shouldn't be that hard, and and it should be pretty obvious that that's what you need. Yeah. But yes, yeah, he's he's doing it also with the uh, with the pandemic. I mean, he he pledged to do a million vac- vac- vaccinations a day. Trump is doing nine hundred and thirty nine thousand. Yeah, I don't get this. Today. So instead of saying, you know, Trump didn't leave us a plan, but it, but in, in some respects, it was a good start. We're making it better. We're building on we're building on, uh, you know, on on the efforts well. of of Fauci before or something and we're improving them and we're planning and, and, and and we're taking it from there. Instead he had to say Trump was a dismal failure. You left up with nothing. Well, uh, I don't, you know, and I don't see how he can turn around bullshit. I don't see how he can turn around and commend Trump on the COVID front, having run on the platform that Trump is almost single handedly responsible for the pandemic. That would be a real 180. He's a politician. (laughs) That's this is the time when one does that 180. This is the inauguration when we come together and we stop attacking the other uh, party in political terms, especially if you want to have bipartisan unity. But the other, the other thing is like, I, I think, you know, after, especially after January 6th, the idea is you appeal to Trump's base without trying to rehabilitate Trump. Who wants to re- rehabilitate Trump? They're about to impeach him. I mean, it's like, I, I don't blame him for not, uh, I mean, especially the guy didn't even show up for the inauguration. I, d- I don't blame him for not praising Trump. This is not the political moment when where that's the goal. The goal is to win over Trump supporters. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just because uh, Trump's off Twitter, but he really does seem to be fading pretty rapidly, at least in my consciousness. And the other factor that that's at play here is it's becoming clear to Republicans how much he fucked up, not just in the the siege of the Capitol, but in the Georgia primary, he, he, his selfishness blew the Georgia primary and it's become clear to Republicans how important that fuck up was. And they, they lie to themselves if they're not pissed off at him for that. Uh, and, and I, I see that at least on my, in my little corner of the Twitter verse. And, and so he, he, he really screwed himself on the way out the door. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think that was very much, um, on people's minds. I mean, one reason I wondered whether impeachment was a good idea was because, you know, it's like, just let him stew in his own, his own juice. The the Republicans are, uh, you know, they were blaming him for Georgia and, and then they blamed him for, uh, January 6th as they should. Uh, but, for better or worse, we, apparently we were told today they're going to uh, the impeachment article is going to the Senate on on Monday, I, right? Right. I don't. I actually don't understand that because, as you know, I I don't think they should go ahead with it unless I don't think Pelosi would go ahead with it unless she's sure she has the votes. And it, apparently, they're not sure they have the votes. I in the unlike Senate, you, you, you mean to convict? Yeah, unlike you, don't. unlike you, I think. Well, what's the point? The whole point of the exercise is to disqualify Trump, to knock him out of the race in 2024. Although if you're a Democrat, he seems easily beatable at this point. So why why do that? But um, but the Republicans really want to get rid of him. Uh, so they don't want him hanging over their heads. So why do it if you're not going to accomplish the goal? 
I mean, it makes no why. Why has it helped the Democrats from their posture now, which is that everybody hates Trump, to Trump was acquitted in the Senate? It doesn't make any sense. Um, well, I don't understand. No, I I have not thought this was a good idea. Now I understand, like, if I had been one of the people in Congress on January sixth who felt that their lives were threatened, I'd be pretty pissed at him, and I might impeach him just out of spite. But I do not quite understand the logic. Now I can see. Um, getting a different kind of mileage out of this, uh, leaving aside what it does to him. And there are interesting questions about what, which helped the, helps the Democrats, uh, more. If, if he, if he were convicted and precluded from running again, is that really helping the, the, the Democrats? Or is it better to let him run rampant and, 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 uh, do more damage maybe to the Republican right. party than no, he would I'm otherwise? Not sure that, I'm not, but, I, I, like I say, I think the Republicans have a stronger interest. Yeah. In this than the Democrats. I don't quite I don't quite well, understand the Democratic thinking uh, unless they're worried like he might win. Well, the different, he'll, you know, he'll the mobilize totally the base in the midterms. The totally different kind of mileage I can imagine getting out of it is the pedagogy, um, you know, the the um, the indictment is that he incited this by, among other things, spreading a lot of misinformation. Well, so they, is, can, they can call up, they, they can quote all of these untrue things he said about the election, and if they really have their house in order, they can persuasively, vividly debunk a number of specific claims that Trump made. And now I'm not naive about the prospects for converting vast numbers of Republicans who currently consider the election fraudulent that it wasn't. But if they could if if they could just break off ten percent who who suddenly realized the guy just was not reliable and it wasn't so obviously a fraud, that would be real progress. But now, uh, now a, go ahead. a A they're they're trying to make it short and sweet and quick so that, that the 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 educational function is sort of at war with that. B the the idea that you're committing treason by denying that the voting was fair is the weakest part of their case. The strongest part of their case, I think we agree, is that when the mob attacked the Capitol, Trump didn't come to the aid of the beleaguered but, Congress people. But, so, uh, so it has those problems. I think it's setting up this whole campaign to deplatform a lot of opposition uh, uh, media organizations, including Fox OANN and Newsmax. I mean, it's not just the fringes. They're not just deplatforming the the uh, the Oath Keepers or whoever the crazy fringe elements are. They're they're deplatforming the main media voices against them. Okay, and, but, but, and, and they're trying to get the FCC or the, the cable companies to somehow kick them off cable. And it, it's sort of a concerted effort, not just on social media. And, and this might help that. Okay, wait, but before we get to that, you're saying that the strongest part of their argument is that he did nothing uh, to stop the mob. But as as uh, Andrew McCarthy pointed out in National Review, uh, one of the big mistakes they made in rushing to prepare the article of impeachment is that they did not include a dereliction of duty uh, charge, right. which, which no. they should have. But but S so some of it, us tweeted about that in real time. Right. And it's all about so it's all about incitement. That's the indictment. Now, they well, can use a, that tweet that he did about Mike Pence during the the uh, the insurrection. Right. That that, that I think is I, gold. I but, thought there was one phrase in the articles and other actions 
and that they could drive a truck through the and other actions part. Or so well, there's maybe. some vague elastic clause. They can bring it up. Maybe. But the misinformation is very clearly part of the article. And you're saying, well, that's not enough to convict on. Well, they can convict on anything they want. But in any event, right. I'm talking about using it as a vehicle for pedagogy and persuasion. Now, meanwhile, Steve Bannon is over there claiming uh, that uh, he well, you know, that Trump should welcome the opportunity to 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 get all this evidence out there of how fraudulent the election uh, was and you know look these guys are pretty good propagandists maybe they could they could uh sow seeds of doubt among people who 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 are now now doubtful it's, who knows it's but, great for trump to be back in the news i mean i mean that's that was the the central problem with the two people they've gotten rid of trump he's fading he's off in florida now they're bringing him back on center stage and giving him a megaphone for a month basically fine there's but no they, way it's going to be done in less than two weeks but if they sit him down and just confront him with specific claim after specific claim that he has made and 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 show that they're wrong i don't think that's a good day for him because his He's, his fans will be watching that i'm not so sure and you know it it, it means that anything he says is going to be covered like a tweet so so you know he the you know they say your the vote count was accurate and he says well, it's inaccurate, and you're a bunch of uh, liberal assholes, and they Again, sort of get equal weight. It know? has to be ver- done very skillfully. They're going to have to bring the right witnesses in uh, to de- debunk what he says. Anyway, I doubt they will do this, right? I don't, I, I, I don't understand what their game is. I'm still not clear on, you know, traditionally I've heard that as soon as the articles go to the Senate, the trial has to start. I, I'm still hearing things about how they could nonetheless delay or or, or declare a recess in the trial or something. Yeah, they, I, I, I don't. I don't think that's a big problem. They started on Monday, and they give Trump, you know, a few days to prepare his defense. Well, uh, now what were you um, saying about the deep? So, so what's the connection between the well, deplatforming and the impeachment? In other words, they they their their complaint against the right wing media is they spread the lie that the election was fraudulent. So, mm-hmm. if they make the election lie being uh, the center part of the complaint that sort of dovetails with this this uh, seemingly coordinated campaign uh, to to deplatform off of cable Fox and OANN and Newsmax and I'm certainly no friend of Fox I mean but uh, it just it just is, it's slightly de-plat- ominous. Who is deplatforming Fox, or for that matter, OANN? Oh, or- if you if you read the web this morning, it's all over. Oliver Darcy and Nicholas Kristof, and they're all coming out and saying, you oh. know, why why does why do cable companies have to carry this? And there's, uh, you know, there there there's articles on under what circumstances can they mm. can they cut off a, a a company? And you know, the problem is a they if they cut off Fox. News, they lose Fox football, maybe, and B, it's, uh, it's, it, it, there is an actual sort of common carrier like thing where if, if a, if a company comes and pays you money for a slot, you can't, it's hard to turn them down. So, uh, also, I mean, well, I mean, I don't think Fox can threaten to pull football from the cable. I mean, they paid a jillion dollars for NFL rights. They're not going to sit there and refuse to broadcast it. That's not a very persuasive threat, but, um, you know, and that, you know, Fox is a different network from Fox News. But anyway, no, I, 
Look, I until two days ago, I would have said that as for Fox, Fox is an ally because because Fox was being relatively moderate compared to OAN and Newsmax. Uh, but apparently now feeling the heat uh, from OAN and Newsmax, Fox is moving back toward Trumpism. They, they gave what's her name? Maria Barta, whatever. She's getting a nighttime slot, right? Quite she's, a rubber. She's, she's have, hardcore. And man. they fired the guy who called called Arizona uh, in Biden's favor. So he's sort of the yeah, I, I don't think he lamb. was in, in charge of the call, but he was on the decision desk, and he's a highly regarded journalist, unlike Maria Bartoloma. And he's the guy who defended it on air, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so, so um, well, I don't know about the... Um, it seems a little early to me. <laughs> well, it, in retrospect, it was it, they were a little bit over their skis, even though technically they were vindicated. I mean, they, when they met, when they called Arizona, they didn't imagine a margin of victory of ten thousand votes or whatever it was. But is but, that true? Okay. Oh uh, no! It just I, seemed, I, I, no, it seemed not, like not there was early. enough. There was enough uncertainty that if you, you know, that you don't call the race, then no, they wouldn't have. Uh, no, they but, they thought it was not going to be that close when they called it that early. Um. So, uh, any, anything else about the inauguration? It was a good show. I don't, I, it was very well produced. The, the aesthetics of it were, were e- extremely successful given what they had to work with. So you liked Lady Gaga's dress then? I, I hated Lady Gaga. I always hate wait, Lady wait, Gaga. Wait, 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 wait. But wait, I was, I was she impressed. She can sing. She can sing. Not, I was impressed with J-Lo. I, I, J-Lo's performance was, was pretty amazing. I didn't know she could sing at all. Now, the question is, how much is it technically aided? It was really very, extremely good. And she had this one incredible note that lasted forever. Uh, but they, there are technical ways that they make it better than it actually is with pitch control and everything. So I don't know. Even these, in real time, even if they're performing live through a microphone? I think so. That's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, um, you know, but it was still impressive. I mean, I mean, I mean, she did a great job and. That, that that little girl from L.A. was unbelievable. Everybody loves her, the poet. I doubt so, that, but <laughs> I I thought she won over pretty much everybody. Uh, but anyway, um, so overall, and the speech was okay, and you know, it hit the spot. Yeah. So everybody, uh, it was a relative success. I mean, vocally, I was actually most impressed with Lady Gaga. It's hard to sing that song well. She really sang it. Now Garth Brooks, ah. Uh, First of all, could he not have been troubled to stay for the entire thing? What was it in his busy schedule that precluded that? Well, did he the came other and ones stay? What? I thought the other didn't the others go up the same way oh, they did went. They, did they all go up that way? Okay, never mind then. But he had to stop and give COVID to yeah, everybody I guess on it was the platform because, because he was running around giving all former presidents COVID nineteen. That uh, yeah, he that, always that, does that. Yeah, uh-huh. But uh, he could have he could have made an exception here. Uh, okay, no, you're right. I the, take it back. He's the angel of death. Then I'm just going to complain about his wearing blue jeans in the inauguration and leave it at that. Um, I thought he was fine, except for the COVID business. Uh, I was happy he was there. Now, you know what the, the Bannon line on all this is? I, I mean, I was very curious to hear how they would handle the actual arrival of the inauguration. Bannon having told people there was literally 100%, as he puts it, 100% metaphysical certitude that Donald Trump would be sworn in on January 20th. And it turns out that uh, the thing they made a huge deal of is that um, 
there weren't many people at the inauguration. Now, somebody like you or me might say, well, that's because it's a pandemic and then the security concerns. So they only put out like a few hundred chairs and left it at that. Right. But no, he uh, he is seeing, you know, for them, it, it it's just it's like a cover up uh, because they Biden couldn't have drawn a crowd. And I mean, they're going on and on. So here uh, you want to hear that's, a little banton on this. That's kind of insane. But sure. Oh, uh, this is good. <laughs> and the reason is we have an engaged audience i need you okay stop the whining stop the sniveling i want everybody to man up we got to get to the ramparts and here's why i'm gonna bring boris epstein on from andrews in a second but i got to show that shot can we get this shot up here's why this is a joke right now we're an hour or two away from the the, the what's going to happen at the capitol today the inauguration ceremony uh, in the in the uh, in the inauguration address, there's nobody here, ladies and gentlemen. They can't blame this on COVID. This guy for 84 million votes. Where are the people? This is what they've been trying to cover up, and now it's exposed to the whole world to see what President Obama had. So this becomes Exhibit Z in the proof that the election was fraudulent. And for good measure, I gotta I gotta play uh, a little snippet of his uh, one of his co-hosts, Raheem Kassan. Uh, they also made a big deal about the security, pro- uh, uh, you know, all the National Guard, uh, which I did think was kind of uh, over the top. But, you know, the, the tens of thousands of National Guard in the city as, as signs of uh, uh, Biden's uh, authoritarian tendencies, even though actually Trump was president then. But anyway, uh, I, I want you to hear this guy's riff about. He, he had started off on that, but then he gets into, you know, the way Biden did, you know, those lights along the mall instead of uh, that. They, right. You know, OK, so this is good. This is good. That is what regime does. Wait. Wait a second. That's not loud enough. CNN said they were Biden's arms reaching out to embrace America, Bob. They Bannon has played that clip at the beginning of at least three podcasts. And what this really is, is the uh, the counter, the, uh, the, the kind of uh, the other side of the coin from that interpretation of those lights. Uh, so this is like this Raheem Kassan uh, guy. Whoops. They were lights on the runway for the secret QAnon plane to land. I hope I haven't screwed this up. Let me see if I can do this. Minds of those people as well, with people above them interrogating their social media feeds for wrong things. Okay, here that is comes. what an authoritarian regime does. The Biden regime doesn't want people to see a sparsely populated national mall, so the Biden regime puts on a cathedral of lights, like the Nazi minister of armaments, Albert Speer, organized for his good <laughs> friend Adolf Hitler. That is the work of regimes, and this is what we are facing now. All the hyperbolic talk, all of the theoretical talk about the the, the possibility of communism and communist authoritarianism coming to the United States, that ends already. We are now living it. And if you are unsure that that is the case or you think I am being too you know, strong on the point. Oh, I, I do think you're being too strong, Raheem, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Um, I, I, I thought I thought them all looked pretty great. You didn't catch the Hitlerian overtones? I should be more sensitive to Hitlerian overtones. I mean, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, that's my heritage, but I'm. Um, uh, I just thought it looked pretty cool. It, I thought it, they did a very good job. It did look nice. It reminded me of Joe Biden's arms reaching out to embrace America. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to. I, I got to say that was one of the worst pieces of journalism ever. I, I mean, sub- yeah. who is that guy? Who is that guy? Wasn't it Chris Chaliza? No, no, no. 
I don't oh, think. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was, it was, it was uh, yeah, no, it was that other guy. It was the guy I get mixed up with their media commentator guy, whose right. name I also can't remember. But anyway, right. uh, it was pretty bad. So, um, uh, so I, 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 mean, I, I thought it was good enough that I thought it would leave a lasting positive. I, I, I'm probably crazy. It's probably going to disappear from our national consciousness in three days. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a, a success for Biden, and I'm now terrified that that he's going to pass this big amnesty bill. I mean, there's the there's this you know when I voted, I voted for Trump. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid in retrospect because a Trump went mad after the election and showed he was a lot crazier, or in vast reservoirs of craziness he hadn't showed us, and and b. Uh, it looked like Trump was going to retain the Senate, so the threat of a big immigration bill uh, was receding. Now, it's interesting, uh, Bob, that, that the, the things you criticized me for for being obsessed about also turn out to be Joe Biden's number one priority. Funny how that happens. It's not just Mickey. Okay, I, There's a ray of hope, Mickey. I heard okay. it on the DMZ podcast that, that, I mean, your complaint, part of your complaint about this would be it's amnesty without any security added security at the border, right? And well, that's the the, comp- e, 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 the Gang of Eight built so they can add a lot of phony security and pretend that it's an enforcement and amnesty bill. No, we there the, are the, the several concrete things that restrictionists want to do before they'll take a chance on another amnesty. What are they? Uh, the main one is E-Verify, some sort of employment... Uh, system where you can't get a job, at least with the mainstream companies, mm-hmm. uh, if if you don't have, you know, if you're not a, authorized to work. Uh, some some entry exit system, so you can't overstay your visa. I would say a wall. Others others on my side don't care that much about the wall. But now there are all these am, there are all these asylum loopholes that need to be closed. They, they, you have to tighten up the criteria. You have to get rid of the uh, the Flores decision, which is the says you have to release kids after uh, a certain period of time, which in practice means they release their parents too, and you have to get rid of the uh, Angelina Jolie Wilberforce Act, where uh, where you know people who come kids who come unauthorized get released into the country. So Biden's going in the opposite direction on those three, so it's unlikely he's not going to reverse those. But if you did all those things. Yes, people would be willing to take a chance. Well, the wall ain't happening for sure. I I would have thought in principle E-Verify has a chance, and that would go a long way to please people like you. Well, the the people on Biden's side insist on the amnesty before the E-Verify, which gives them a shot to get rid of the E-Verify after they have the amnesty. So that's it's it's a question of timing. The other thing is, if Biden was smart, he would give Republicans the wall. Republicans are total cheap dates on the wall. The wall will buy him more amnesty than any other thing he could do. Yeah, but on the and, Democratic side, that has become this huge symbolic issue. He can't. He can't do that. Oh, he can say I make. It just makes the concession seem grander. I'm. I'm going against my base and giving him this huge concession, and then he. Then he. Then he doesn't have to give any of the other things. And it'll it'll be an incredibly pro uh, pro loose borders package. But he, um, you're right. He's probably too stupid to do that. The wall wall ain't happening. It, it is 
it's it's the biggest problem of all probably with his base um but uh I was listening to the DMZ podcast and Bill Sher emphasized that you know although there's no no big security uh measures in the thing now it's just an opening bid and and some of this stuff could in principle get added right right no they, they Republicans are will, are incredible cheap dates they will all come over if he says Oh, instead of one drone at the border, I'm adding two drones or, you know, I'm throwing some money at the problem mm. or, uh, you know, I'm requiring them to pay back taxes, which basically which basically means if there is already a tax judgment against them. Otherwise, a lot of them are going to get refunds. There are, there are there's a whole series of concession fake concessions that they made with the the gang of eight bill. The the biggest concession that Republicans will go for is if they say at the end of this, you don't you get a green card, but you don't get citizenship. OK, because that appeals to Republicans who really only care that these people don't vote. They don't, you know, and, and they can say, well, we've we're holding off the fact they're voting, mm-hmm. uh, which is a total fake concession, because if you care about the labor market impact, uh, if they're working and they're in the country and they're attracting more people because uh, they don't care that much about voting, they do care about working. Uh, that's almost as bad. So the, the, there's the citizenship con. That's the final card they can play. Uh, and the the important point is there's all this talk now about how will the Democrats abolish the filibuster? You know, maybe they realize that in the long run, uh, the filibuster may come back to bite them. No, this amnesty is their long run plan. That is one. That is what. A, that is what's going to demographically ensure democratic control they're gonna they might lose the congress they're very likely to lose the house in 2022 this is their shot they will eliminate the filibuster okay there's no they're not gonna say oh maybe we should have doubts they're going to do it okay wait a couple of things i mean first of all remember trump did make some inroads on the latino vote this time don't lose hope mickey it may be no, the Latino vote is, is, you know, in 30 years, yes, and it's better, more favorable than was previously thought, but it's still uh, mostly So how many Democratic. voters are we talking about through amnesty? I mean, first of all, how many people? And then if you assume that, what, 60% of them vote or something or 50%? Well, first, he's, he's sped it up to eight years, so the, the and there are some groups that get a special fast track. So the Dreamers will be voting by the next presidential election in his plan. It's it's quite accelerated. And do you know how many uh, of those there are? Well, there's there's seven hundred thousand dreamers. Well, that's uh, nothing but nationally. He, that's but, nothing. You know, but he can ex- he, look at the fine print and how he defines dreamers. We'll see. They're gonna they expand every. You know, they're they're gonna have an essential worker category probably that they're gonna try to blow up to as big as possible. Uh, and and, and so the, the, it's a long term plan, Bob. It's not gonna win them the next election but it is going to guarantee them power for a generation. That's what they think. But here's the thing about getting rid of the filibuster that I just heard about. Um, Apparently, I don't totally understand this, but when there's a 50-50 split in the Senate, before they can get down to business at all, before they can even vote on whether they end the filibuster, Apparently, Schumer and McConnell have to work out rules of the road because there needs to be some kind of joint agreement between the parties before they can do anything at all. And McConnell can hold out filibuster as like leverage or. Well, he's uh, trying to do that, but. but I mean, hold it, hold this out as leverage to not. He's trying to do that, but he lost the election and nobody's 
and and Schumer's not going to give in. So he's not going to win that. I mean, I don't see. I don't even see why he tried to do that. It seems like a, such an obvious futile power play. Well, in principle, he, though, nobody I, thinks he, nobody thinks he's going to get Schumer. Why would Schumer throw away his victory uh, the first day in office? I mean, well, Trump the, Trump did that, but why would Schumer do that? But am I right in gathering that McConnell could do one of these government uh, shutdown kind of threats where he actually keeps the Senate from, in effect, uh, functioning, and and then he finds out whether he gets more of this blame or or, or Schumer gets more of the blame I, because he's only asking for the preservation of Senate rules as they exist. After all, I've never understood. Uh, you may be right. I've never understood what there's always this vague nuclear threat in the background that if the other party doesn't cooperate, that the Senate would just grind to a halt and stop. Uh, uh, so yes, you may be right. I don't see how he wins that because uh, you know people know what the results of the election were. Yeah, they 50, know. 50. Yeah, but they know that that means with the tiebreaker being the vice president that the Democrats won. So the Democrats should get the. But, but get, apparently, get she, but apparently rules. Harris doesn't get to weigh in until McConnell and Schumer come to an agreement <laughs> about things. That's a. Uh, that's what I didn't realize until this week. But apparently, it's true. It's it's our brilliant system of government, Bob. But uh, it's really a, it's really uh, a great. But I, th- I I I I don't think McConnell wins that. You know, no. here's how bad our system of government is. Just briefly, uh, you know, when when um, when I look when I looked at the electoral vote count act or whatever it's called from 19th century that was governing the procedure on January 6th, um, I realized that geez, if any party controls both the House and the Senate, they can overturn a presidential election. They really can. That that power is in that act, and I thought that's crazy. I still think it's crazy, but I also realized, you know, if this is the way they chose the president, if just the Congress and and the if Senate and the House chose the president, that might be an improvement. You would at least you would at least be more. You know, it would have some of the virtues of a parliamentary system where you actually have a unified executive and legislative. Uh, you know, but anyway. Un, 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 under your interpretation of the Constitution, the winner of the electoral count would be president, unless it's close, in which case it, we turn into a parliamentary system and the party with the majority in both houses throws out the election results. I can't believe the Supreme Court wouldn't intervene in that in that situation. And, and, and declare that act unconstitutional, maybe. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. No, no, that's, I, I, you had that annoyed oh. look on your face, like I was interrupting you. Oh, I just have the annoyed look on my face. Are um, you wearing? Is that? Are it, you dressed up? Are those lapels? What is that? This is some some fancy sort of half formal jacket. Uh huh. That that looks. It looks sort of uh, either stylish or stormtrooper or or German, German uh, semi fashion. I was going to note the the uh, Hitlerian overtones. It's Spearian. This is the theme. Yeah. This is the theme of the it's day Spear. is yeah. Albert Spear comes back. Um, the, uh, I just wanted to add, back to impeachment. You were saying that Maca- that they definitely don't have the votes for impeachment. I'm going to hold you to that. Um, cause I think it may well, the conviction, cause I think he may well be convicted. I, I would just add this asterisk. Uh, okay. Now we're covering our ass. Okay. Okay. I don't know shit about politics. That's the end of the asterisk. I, I have no idea. But it, my, my gut tells me, and my gut has been right, I mean, between 40 and 50% of the time in the course of my life, my gut tells me 
They don't have the votes. I really don't see it. I really don't see it. It's like, yeah, they would all love to see him go. But unless the polling numbers change, uh, you know, you got you're taking a big risk. Now, maybe that if you look at senators who don't have to run for six years and they can realistically hope that, you know, people will calm down, maybe. But it's still a gamble. Well, I didn't realize that Murkowski was up for reelection and she's one of the big people who I would expect to to flip against Trump. I mean, she's already flipped uh vocally so no you may be right but i i um uh anyway it it seems entirely possible that that you know this early in the in the two-year cycle that they would say we can get away with this one uh uh, and again there's the question of who who is that good for i i mean uh you may be right i i kind of tend to think you're right it may be better for the republicans than for the Democrats, I mean, uh seems to me the Democrats are in a sense in good shape. I mean, in any event, don't you think that January uh, 6th has meant that the presidential nominating process for the Republicans is going to be more divisive among Republicans, you know, for the party than it would have been had had the riot not happened on January yes, 6th? But it was going to be divisive anyway. And now uh, the question so, is, is it more divisive if Trump is convicted or less divisive? That is a good point. If you have Trump uh, hanging around the sidelines, not a candidate, he can sort of maybe wreak more damage than if he is a candidate and somebody actually beat him. Well, he could try to start a third uh, party. It won't be successful, but it could do damage. The third party would be it seems to be very destructive. Yes. Oh, wait, Bannon's uh, got a great thing. OK, no, so we can't. He can start a third party, but he can't be the candidate. So what's he's going to nominate Melania? I mean, he's going to nominate his son. I mean, what's he going to do? No, Bannon's got a great. It's not his idea. Some guy on Twitter who who had this idea, and then Bannon had him on the show. But that was like so. Day one, January twentieth, is what you just heard. That was the Bannon messaging. The next day, I mean, remember Bannon has a big problem. He's trying to hang on to this big audience he's built up amid the drama of maybe overturning the election. So he's got to like, and you heard what. Day one was like for him. So day two, he's got like, here's what we do. Trump runs for a House seat in Florida. Uh, he can win. Then he is elected majority leader. Then he impeaches Joe Biden. And then he steps down for majority leader. I think there the, uh, is the idea. He didn't say this is that everyone knows Trump could not be a successful majority leader. I mean, right. sure, give him three days to impeach, but then get him the hell out. Uh, and, and, and then, of course, Trump, uh, runs for election, uh, as president in, in years hence. That's the plan. It's well, not, how does I mean, he, no, what? if he, if he, we're talking about if he's banned from office by this trial, how can he run for president? He well, can't. Here's, he's banned first of from all, office. Can he, is he, he's not banned from public office. Uh, what kinds of office can he be he's banned, banned from? He's banned from any federal office, so he couldn't run for Congress. Well, is Congress a, a federal office as yes. opposed to, it is? Yes, you're, you're sure of this. You went to Harvard 99, 99.9%. Oh, sounds like there's some doubt creeping in. Um, the, uh, there's always doubt. I was once, I once talked to Bob Woodward, um, uh, because, uh, uh, because 
we've given him we get our magazine had said the brethren was the best political book of the year so the reward was your, your magazine the, which coincidentally was Washington owned by the same by the same people who owned the Washington Post where he worked but anyway go ahead no it was owned by Charlie Peters what are you talking about oh I thought you, this was when you were at Newsweek I, 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 I withdraw my cynicism uh, and uh, uh, so my reward is I got to have a lunch with Bob Woodward which was a huge thing for me and as we're as we're parting, Woodward says, you know, that incident in the book could have been wrong. <laughs> you go, whoa, what the fuck are you talking about? In all You're the Bob Woodward. Men? What? Is this All the President's Men? Which book? No, this is The Brethren. Oh, The Brethren. I didn't realize that this is a common stick with Bob Woodward. He always says, you know, I could have been wrong. There's a 0.001% chance it was wrong. The, the episte- epistemological uncertainty, epistemological uncertainty is he's He's constantly talking about that. Yeah. So it wasn't a big confession. But if Bob Woodward can be uncertain, I can Mickey be uncertain. Mickey Kaus can be uncertain. Yeah. That's so an excellent comparison. I often hear the two names in the same sentence. Bob, I said, if I know, I was putting myself on a lower plane and you're going for the cheap shot. You were playing somewhat the game he was playing, trying to establish you, you, your credibility you, through false humility. Would you no, not no, say that? No, no, genuine humility in terms of reporting. Jesus. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm uh, so I do have a statesmanlike solution to the question of is it constitutional to uh, go ahead with the trial, which is you say oh. yes, it's constitutional if you start if you actually impeach the guy while he's still in office, you can have a follow through trial, but you can't like go back in time and impeach Obama after he's left office uh, or impeach George. H. George W. Bush, uh, but but sure if you uh, okay because it, it seems to me there's good arguments on both sides of the constitutional. Case. Yeah, you know the very first impeachment, as I understand it, uh, was this is before the the secretary long before the secretary of war uh, was impeached uh, after he, or uh, uh, tried for uh, after he left office was uh, it was a case where they were going to impeach a senator and there were two questions. Can you impeach senators and can you impeach them after they've left? Can you hold the trial after they've left office? They answered the second question first. The Senate decided they could try him after they left office, but then they decided in answering the other question, it's not our role to impeach senators. We should just, there are other ways the Senate can deal with senators. So the very first, I think, if I got this right, uh, impeachment had the Senate at least affirming its right to try someone after they left office, and then there's right. the other, the more famous. But did they convict him? Did they did they charge? Did they impeach no, him? No, they didn't convict because they didn't even try him. They decided they couldn't try him because he was senator. But they okay. but they so could they, have tried him after he had left office. But if they he had didn't even qualified. impeach him. There are two parts: impeach and try. I think they impeached him. Okay, I'm not well, sure. That, anyway, satisfies it's a good my podcast, criteria. Uh, Good po- but lawfare podcast with Jack. Un- under, under my plan, you could still resign right before you were impeached. But I say, what that? What's so bad about that? That's what Nixon did. It, it it accomplishes the goal of removing the guy from office. So yeah, we talked about this kind of last. I didn't time. make the point of so what. So what's the big deal? You, you you coined the term reductio ab good thing when we were talking about that. Oh, you're right. I did make that point. And you won plaudits for that on Twitter. And, uh, a couple of – You're right. And, I did make that point. And Sorry. in the, the uh, parrot room uh, comment section, I think, there were people were impressed well, with that I, phrase. I live for the parrot room comment. The parrot room comment section is pretty good. It's very good. 
I wouldn't Compared say as to much. all other known, you know, it almost could inspire a person to go to patreon.com slash parrot room and sign up and then have access to the parrot room where you and I speak it's, every week after this podcast. It's certainly a lot better than the blogging heads comment section. Hey, hey. Uh, Which is. Can't, can't say you're completely wrong, but um, <laughs> there, there are some good um, commenters at the at blogging heads. There are. I take your word for it. Uh, so. Anyway, there. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm actually genuinely worried. Obviously, that that this they are going to break the filibuster and pass a nation-breaking amnesty bill. And there, even if they don't do that, they can futz around with the reconciliation rules and maybe pass most of it under reconciliation. You know, most the big legislation are big legislation that's passed in. Recent years has has been under reconciliation. Welfare reform passed under reconciliation. Obamacare passed under reconciliation. Uh, apparently, that's the only way you can do business in the Senate. So yeah, but you can't do D.C. statehood that way, right? That's what they say. That requires you to change the filibuster rule. If and you, that's if why you I'm slip the it. if you slip the right chocolate liqueur to the parliamentarian, maybe you can. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, so. Um, that's that's anyway. a, that's a that's the, just the kind of reference that would only uh, be gotten by parrot heads, which is to say, people who populate the parrot room. Um, some things don't leave the parrot room, and, and the chocolate liqueur reference is uh, is one of them. Um, so, so wait, 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 wait. Um, what was I going to say? Well, anyway, oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. What what Schumer should say is. Uh, okay, we're going to do this filibuster thing, assuming he can, that, that, that McConnell doesn't really have lethal leverage on that. And, uh, but magnanimously, we are not going to pack the Supreme Court. We're not going to change the number of people in the, uh, Supreme Court. That would be good. That would be greeted as good news. And they shouldn't try to do that. That's a mistake. DC State. I think, would be fine. I think that's not happening anyway. So I know. I, that's I, why they should say it. That's the, that's well, the smartest kind concession. of concession to make. I don't see what concessions Regarding the filibuster, you can make it. People are saying, you know, uh, well, he should issue some statement saying we have no, in, we love the filibuster. We have no intent of changing the filibuster. Well, so then it's harder for them to renege later. Well, it's not that hard. Uh, he, he could say, he could make an Iranian nuclear sort of type thing where he says, we won't, we won't remove the filibuster for a year. I pledge not to do it for a year, but all that means is it's a guarantee that at the end of the year, he will do it. So uh, I don't understand McConnell's strategy. It seems uh, weird to me. Well, I don't understand how much leverage he genuinely has. I gather he could, if he wanted to, threaten to keep the Senate from doing anything at all. That's my current understanding. I could be wrong. I th- I thought he was a brilliant strategist until he blew Georgia. Uh, and so uh, I, I'm less impressed Wait, with he his he blew brilliance. Georgia? Donald Trump blew Georgia. Well, Trump... Trump Mainly blue Georgia, but he if 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 McConnell had passed the two thousand dollar checks, they would have won Georgia. Maybe. Now maybe he couldn't do that, but his his majority leader, it's his job to whip his troops in line. Not that they ever do that in the Senate, but uh, I he he seemed he should have gotten Karl Rove to run ads about something other than tax cuts and a return to Reagan Republicanism. I mean, he has some influence. He's fucking majority leader. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, give him a thousand dollar checks, give him twelve hundred dollar checks, you know? Uh, 
Anyway. Yeah, I didn't understand that uh, either. One of yeah. many things I don't understand. About My check hasn't showed up, by the way. So speaking of checks, and speak, which leads us to the question of COVID, like this million dollar, uh, million vaccine uh, a day thing uh, that you alluded to is pretty damn disappointing, right? He's basically, Biden is basically saying, you know, you know how well Trump's been doing? We're going to do no better than that. I mean, I had heard I, numbers much more ambitious than this a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think I think it's proving to be way too uh, unambitious. Uh, when it came out, uh, Josh Barrow said, well, they're setting the bar low so they can meet it. Hopefully, there's, I hope they're setting the bar low so they can exceed it. Uh, it, it it's... Um, it, I it, predict that you will soon hear them say this is a floor, not a ceiling, because it's just embarrassingly unambitious because this is number of vaccines, not people vaccinated. So they're just saying we'll get like maybe 50 million people vaccinated by like uh, the end of April. That's no, it's nothing. the number of it's the number of jabs. It's the number of jabs, but people are getting two each. Right. So. Uh, so it's so closer the, to 50 million. The, the current vaccine, it's closer to 50 that's like million. One, that's like one seventh of the population. But in fact, it'll, by it'll, the end be of like, April? it'll be like 75 million get one jab and 25 million have two jabs or something. Well, like I think that. Uh, there's also the hope that the Johnson that Johnson vaccine uh, is going to come through. I think that will be a less desirable one based it, on the test results. And so yeah. we'll see how they decide who gets that. I mean, is that for Republicans or what? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell no, you the Republicans way- won't take it because there's a fetal cell uh, connection, I think. But the Johnson & Johnson, it's a made-in-America brand, Mickey. No, I think the uh, Nova the Novavax, is there there's something like that? There's Moderna. I thought, I thought that was the candidate to be the red vaccine. The, the ministers, ministers are telling their, their parishioners they can't take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Well, anyway, I'll tell you how to do how to – wait, they are? Seriously? Uh, somebody on Twitter said, my priest told me it's a total no-go. You can't do that. And why is that again? Some abortion fetal cell thing. Oh, so oh, fetal oh. cells are somehow used in the process of oh, producing so it. I guess that rules uh, that, them out. Um, uh, what they could say is, uh, I mean, assuming that, you know, it's not the preferred vaccine for people, is just say, uh, I mean, there's so many people who want the vaccine that they, you know, who aren't yet eligible they can just say you know if you if you're not eligible and you want it take here's the johnson johnson i must admit i i was worried about the biden plan because i thought they were going to set up you know they have this state system that is was very slow to get off the ground that in some states is starting to take off Mm -hmm. uh and they were going to they were going to say okay we're scrapping that system we're having we're superimposing a federal distribution system on top of that which was sort of duplicative and there's only so much vaccine to go around. So what was the point? But the California, you know, I'm living in the largest state of the union. The California system, state system is so screwed up uh, and it's doing so badly. We're, we're the, we're about to become the worst state in the union. Uh, we only what's, have, what's your percent vaccines as percentage of the population? It's like 3.4. Oh, that is bad. And, we're and, at 5% and, here in New Jersey. Yeah. And I think New York is approaching six and, you know, the, the, uh, the good states of West Virginia's are approaching 10. Well, so the, the good so, states are all these sparsely populated small states. I mean, there's some, you know, just the Dakotas, it's West Virginia. Uh, there must be some, 
Advantage you would not there. have thought West Virginia was the most efficient state government in the country, just sort of I, off the bat. I, I mean, tweeted this, and there were theories, uh, but I, none of them did I find. Well, apparently, this Lawrence Wright big article in the New Yorker goes it goes into length about how great the governor is. I'm not so. sure that's the only thing. I, I I suspect that when you have a lot of small. I don't know. I, I I think it must be in some weird sense a, a distribution advantage of a lot of small towns. Something about that your connection to the healthcare system when you're in that situation mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're well, in the and, and he somehow ignored the CDC guidelines and just did it himself. So um, that 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 is a contradicts the federal thing. But I, I mean, even the, the California system, they had an interview with the head of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, which is our, like, governing city council. I mean, they, they run L.A. County. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, well, uh, you know, we may have some, we're going to, we may have some kind of training program because they don't have enough people who know how to give the shots. So we're, we're going, we may ask, you know, Sean Penn's organization may come in and provide people to give the shots. They, you know, uh, uh, they were thinking of things that they should have thought of six months ago. Uh, and they're just sort of thinking about them now. It's an incredible dereliction of duty. And, you know, if if the federal government just said, OK, you assholes are out of the picture, we're taking over. Uh, I really wouldn't mind it at this point. Uh, yeah, um, there's been a lot. Of, I mean, I'm here to tell you, New Jersey's system is no uh, model for the nation uh, having um I've interacted with it a little pre-registered, gotten the email back that didn't make sense given what, you know, category I was in yeah. and so on. But, um, you know, the, in defense of Biden, I guess, I, I think I heard that part part of the bottleneck is at the supply end. One reason they can't be more ambitious is I guess these uh, the two big companies are trotting these out. Uh, maybe not as fast as some people had hoped or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I also, another thing I don't understand is how hard is it to ramp up production? I mean, I'm just having trouble believing that if we really thought about this as World War II, right? A real existential, let's mobilize our resources. I have trouble believing we couldn't expand the, the production faster than it's being expanded. He I, talks about the, de- he, yeah? Biden talks a lot about the, Imposing the Defense Production Act, but I don't think he's doing that on the vaccine makers, no, he's, which he's, would be the big thing. I just heard Peter Navarro claiming that there's not much new here in, in his plan. Of course, Peter Navarro would claim that, and, and Peter Navarro claimed some crazy stuff. You want to hear me criticize Fauci just for not for the novelty of it? Sure. You know the thing he said about, like, well, it's a liberating feeling to be able to speak freely, you know, now that Trump's no longer president? Yeah. I say... If he wants to be taken as an authority on healthcare guidance by the entire nation, he just keep his mouth completely shut about Donald Trump. And I'm not kidding. I mean, I I didn't hear what he said. Maybe they kind of shoehorned it out of it, you know, kind of kind of extracted it from him with leading questions. But the biggest challenge he faces, and and the, and that the Biden administration faces on this issue, or one of the big challenges, is getting all the all the people in red America. Uh, to take this seriously when some aren't. And I just think Fauci I, should not make any comments about Trump. That's, that's a good opinion. point. I don't think it was very hard to get out of them because he's sucking up to the reporters who are asking him the questions. And that's what they want to hear. That's the news bite. Uh, he also lied about masks. I mean, you know, he's made a couple of I, I, I'm generally in his favor, but 
That was a horrible mistake. Well, the Surgeon and, General was even worse. And Navarro says that when at the White House meeting where Navarro said we should stop flights from China at the very beginning, uh, Fauci was completely dismissive of the idea. Um, okay, now you want to hear a quick criticism of Hillary Clinton? Did you see her uh, tweet? I'll hear a long criticism of Hillary Clinton. Did you hear? Did you see her tweet? I guess she no. was she was on Pelosi and she were in conversation. Is this, was she was she still saying that it was all a Russia thing? Yeah, she says her tweet is. I guess she had discussed this with Pelosi on some podcast. Her tweet is Speaker Pelosi and I agree. Congress needs to establish an investigative body like the 9-11 Commission to determine Trump's ties to Putin so we can repair the damage to our national security. Uh, yeah, and uh, but not to our body politic, I would say. Anyway, can repair the damage to our national security and prevent a puppet from occupying the presidency ever again. I mean, isn't that kind of what the Mueller thing was about? I mean, did we not go through this? Yes. What, no, it's incredibly selfish of Hillary to want to refight that war. I wonder about that woman sometimes. Um did you saw you saw that that uh, Biden is already being attacked for being soft on Russia by Tom Cotton? Um, well, his biggest threat is the bigger challenge is going to be China, where he's going to be under fierce pressure to be hardline. Uh, so I, I'm not quite so worried about Russia. But, Doesn't bother uh, me. Did you see the article by Eli Lake about how your boy Burns is going to conduct secret negotiations with Iran as he has before? Uh, and being, I'm fine head, with that. Being, head, being head of the CIA I'm fine is with the that. perfect did, did, perfect slot for him for that reason. Did you see uh, Tony Blinken's uh, confirmation hearing where, where Lindsey Graham said, repeat after me, basically? And, uh, did, he, you know, did, he, did he do it? Well, yeah, just on the basic, uh, you know, Iran-Israel stuff. Uh, Mr. Blinken, do you do you consider uh, Iran the biggest sponsor of state terrorism? Yes, I do. Uh, is, <laughs> do you consider Israel a racist state? No, I don't. Uh, it was what, just. What is your assessment of, of of Blinken's early performance in the blob sweepstakes? Because he did say we're going to put pressure on to stop the war in Yemen, didn't he? Or we're going to stop funding the war in Yemen? Not that it's we, good, not that we it's, have to fund it's it. It's good, but it's a complete no-brainer. I mean, it's the first thing you do to appease the progressives. And he probably rightly sees that it's the right thing to do. But on Venezuela, what did he say? We're going to stick with these sanctions and and make them uh, try to make them uh, hit the, the culprits a little harder and more precisely. And then he said, and also they probably need some humanitarian aid. Yeah. Why do they need the aid? Because of our sanctions, for one thing. Why don't you just drop what, the sanctions? It is true that our be- what is our beef with Venezuela that comes anywhere close to our beef with Iran? It's ridiculous. It's rid- And by the way, can I just leaving aside the question of whether we should go on this like crusade for democracy uh, in some countries, whereas meanwhile, some of our beloved allies like Saudi Arabia and Egypt are at least as authoritarian as any of the countries we're, you know, we're, we're, we're um, playing hardball with. Um, in the case of Venezuela, uh, as I understand it, um, the, uh, the the Maduro victory, I mean, there was, there, you know, the, 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 the claim is that he's not a legitimate president. My understanding is that the Supreme Court ultimately validated his victory. And then the, the, the reply to that is, well, but he's, he uh, appoints the Supreme Court. Okay, well, that's their system. In our system, presidents uh, appoint Supreme Court justices. And in, and in the year 2000, the Supreme Court weighed in 
a, a conservative Supreme Court and handed a victory to a Republican pre- candidate. That happens. It's the system. What? And it's not grounds for starving all the people to death. Why can't he claim that, like the Ukraine, that it was when they failed to meet their standards for getting rid of the president, declare that it's an independent constitutive act and it's a new revolution and we have a new president. So he can say it's an independent constitutive act. Why couldn't uh, Maduro say that? Or Yeah. Maybe you should say that too. But my point is, it's, it, it's not. said in, in Ukraine. I don't. Now, I may not have those facts right, but I think it's not as obvious a case of him having subverted the democratic process I, as people claim. I was convinced by an article in the very far left magazine, a left magazine, not far left, uh, that it's Venezuela is futile because if we had a if even if we have a coup in our favor or, or if our guy gets in. All the arms in the countryside mean that Maduro would win. The, there's no, it's an unwinnable war. They, they have the arms. They, they have us over a barrel. It's a stupid war to fight. Uh, you know, the, 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 the peasants have more guns and troops than the central government and the peasants are on Maduro's side. So why fight them? You're not going to win. You know, that's something to keep in mind too. I mean, (laughs) if the peasants are on his side, um, uh, you know, right. The, the, um, No, it's just crazy. Our our, our foreign policy is completely crazy. On the brighter side, last night I retweeted something about how the Biden administration is saying they're going to review all sanctions with humanitarian ends in mind, among others. And that would be good because the sanction is its just nuts. We're choosing to inflict misery on Cuba, on people in Syria, in Iran, in Venezuela. There's no coherence to the policy at all. Um, what we did send t- tanks into Syria. Tanks, yeah. Well, so I mean, well, I thought that's that's the the most likely locus of a blobby U.S. intervention it would be in Syria. Yeah, well, Biden's no? not going to pull the troops out of Syria, no, because he's a, this is fundamentally a blob operation. The Biden foreign yeah. policy, for sure. I mean, the question, the thing that really gets me when they when they send troops around to shift the balance of power, so we have a voice in shaping the Syrian government, which is none of our business. It doesn't bother me that much if they're just there to defend the Kurds, which these tanks apparently were. But uh, the, the, it's a temptation to play geopolitical games to counter Russia in the formation of the Syrian government. That would be the quagmire. I think. Yeah, which is all the. Crazier because remember, uh, Syria was a Russian ally to begin with. Russia has a naval right. base there. Right. So it's like, the, are we, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, back to the virus. There, there, there are all, there is this good news. The cases in the U.S. have gone down. The cases in Britain, where they've had a nasty lockdown, have dropped dramatically. Even in California, the hospitalization rate is going down. Uh, and why is that? Is it because of the lockdowns or because of immunity? Seems hard to believe. Or, or because the virus is somehow dying out naturally and, you know, being replaced by a, I don't, I don't see that either by a, the, the deaths have, oh. have not gone down. So that, that doesn't make well, sense. Well, that's uh, just recently the seven-day rolling average for deaths across the U.S. has right. has gone down but a little. Still over three thousand a, a day. Yeah, 
But, um, but the, the, the hospitalizations are, are down nationally a little. The cases are dropping more rapidly in places. Yeah. Well, and does that all, just mean that it works? Lockdowns work? So so why tell uh, us we're going to be in lockdowns until the summer? That just discourages people from locking down. I I mean, I think the lockdown has gotten more serious. I mean, and just the attitude, judging by how often I see masks these days. Um and you're right. I mean, there's more natural immune. I mean, one thing that that happens when you've got uh, tens of millions of people having had the thing is you start developing an appreciable amount of immunity, presumably. I would say the vaccine effect is just now starting to kick in in that regard. I mean, 5% of the nation's not nothing. And, and apparently two weeks after the first shot, you, you know, you're, you're starting to develop some resistance. I, I don't know, but Although I don't they- get why uh, this isn't uh, you know, a World War II level mobilization. Mm-hmm. The Israeli, the Israeli experience suggested that all the punches in the second shot. Uh, did, did, did transmission finally start dropping in Israel as well as deaths? I don't know, but I, you know, what I, what what I talked about last week, which is that they're discovering that cases are not going down, and the the their 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 Fauci complained that uh, that the the first dose was not as effective as Pfizer said. Mm-hmm. Was confirmed again this past week, uh, and and the other thing I learned on a massive Zoom call is that when you get the when you get the Pfizer vax, the second shot knocks you out. The first shot is nothing. Oh, really? The second shot is quite difficult. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, and Fauci said that too. So, it may be maybe there's a correlation between how much your how bad your reaction is and how effective it is at generating a- antibodies you would think that huh i'll have to um, tell my mother-in-law she just got her first one and didn't have any effects at all maybe i won't tell her why well, ruined her two <laughs> weeks um, the uh um, so so anyway. we've been doing we've been talking more than an hour mickey and well, we I, haven't even talked about steve bannon's pardon which we could talk about in the pair room i i always hate to talk about topic a which we've now talked about the vaccine and biden uh, and so I have all these topic Bs for the parrot room. My, but the one I want to talk about and I have completely unprepared with for is uh, Virginia Heffernan compiled a list at the beginning of the Trump administration on the things she was most scared of, mm-hmm. just so to have a record of it. And at the time, I thought it was completely paranoid mm-hmm. and over the top. And uh, at uh, since then, I thought maybe it's a little less paranoid, but I actually haven't read it. But we I can glanced look. at it. Okay, well we can talk. We can I, talk I, in the paranoia. We talk about did did fears of 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 Trump come true or were they completely absurd? And I think we should. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I think we should say right now that regardless of what kind of judgment we ultimately pass on her list, we both love Virginia. I love Virginia. She doesn't love me. She got really pissed at me when we had a debate in Las Vegas, and it was me and Walter Kern and her, and it was the only debate at any book festival ever, anywhere that was stacked in favor of Trump. Now, the people who put it together didn't know that it was stacked in, front of, in favor of Trump. I think I was supposed to be the pro-Trump person, and Walter was the neutral person, or the other way around. Anyway, we were both, both Walter and I were mildly pro-Trump. And there was a vicious, wonderful argument in which Virginia and Walter held their own, but I think Virginia thought she was sandbagged and I was an asshole. Well, Virginia so, was host of Slate's Trumpcast. Is that still going on? 
I don't know. Probably not now. But uh, she's not a Trump fan. Uh, true. Um, but anyway, she's really smart. and It was a great debate. But uh, I am. She's, so we'll talk I about that. I want to talk about Phil Spector in the parrot room. He uh, met his uh, his end. Oh, also, really? Hank Aaron. Did Hank Aaron? Yeah, he died. You didn't hear that Phil Spector died? No, no, I just don't know what one could say about Phil Spector. Well, you're the rock and roll expert. I'll extract some some insights out of you. Hank Aaron died today, I gather, from the... Am I, is that right? Henry Aaron, the baseball player? Uh, yes, he did die. Do you know who who ran the percussion for Phil Spector? See, that's what I mean. You're you're like All a rock right. and roll genius. But the answer is I don't care, but we have established that you're, <laughs> that you're a rock and roll expert, and we'll pursue that here's in a, the parent room. Here's a hint. He was later a congressman. Hey, Mickey, if people want to know who this person All is, right. you know what they should do? They should go to patriot.com slash parrot room and right. become parrot heads. Uh, and that is some amazing bait. Um, I'm also going to talk – we will talk maybe a little about Bannon's pardon. Also – I've been inspired by Steve Bannon, and I don't want this to be misinterpreted. I don't think he's a Nazi, but I've been inspired, for reasons I'll explain in the pair room, to start listening uh, to The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich uh, by uh, William Shire. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk a little about that. But again, I, I really don't think he's – I don't think he's a Nazi. But um, uh, what else can we talk about? The um, – uh, I may talk a, want to talk a little bit about QAnon. There's a there's a, there's a piece that got a lot of blowback about QAnon, um, and I, I think I'm going to be writing about it in my we newsletter. Could, we could talk about Sharon Begley who died. Yeah, I I I, I knew her very slightly. She was yeah, a, yeah. A really really good science writer. Did you know her at Newsweek? No, she was the go-to person for if you wanted a best-selling cover, but um. Bob, don't leave it in the free. We want to charge money for your Sharon Begley insights. I'm afraid you've heard most of them just now. I, I, I was really hoping you. I, I, I didn't. I thought you had some beef against her. No, no, Sharon Begley. No, no. I think you're getting her mixed up with Natalie Angier. Uh, maybe I am. Anyway, uh, uh, you, you bring uh, her up in the parrot room and let the. Oh man. I want to talk about. Uh, maybe you can explain to me David Galertner's plans for to supplant Facebook with a Bitcoin blockchain-based system, which I don't understand we at all. We talked a little about. Uh, anyway, he hates that, me. I'll be happy to talk about that. Okay. we. I, I was hoping to only focus on people who either you hate or who hate you. He hates me. Which is not hard to do. Eh. The, um, uh, and, and also, I want to talk about can I plug my newsletter? Because this is a big day for my newsletter. Sure. Why the, is it a big day, Bob? Because the issue of the newsletter that will have gone out by the time this is posted, which people can find either uh, by Googling non-zero and Substack, it's a non-zero newsletter, or by going to nonzero.org, will announce that as of Monday, we will see the debut of a paid version of the newsletter. Huh. Very, very exciting. Uh, that is exciting. You it's sound a, excited. It's a, no, I'm just racked with guilt that I haven't done the same thing. I'm going to talk in the parrot room. I'm going to talk you into doing a version of this. Okay. Okay. Um, you, I'll, I'll let on the secret reason why I haven't been very productive in the newsletter department, aside from the fact that I have nothing to say. That alone is definitely not a good enough reason, Which judging is, by no, many a, newsletters no, no. I've read. 
What? No, you can't. You can't let that stop you. No. Um. So. So there. Okay. Uh, well, I may also take off my Albert Speer-like jacket. It it looks really fascist. Yeah, although it also looks kind of like got, Joe Biden's arms reaching out to the nation. It's I'm torn. What what headline do you think they're going to give this? I think it's going to be something Albert Speer related. Uh tip of the spear. Something like that. Hey. Hey. I haven't lost it, have I, Mick? <laughs> no. <laughs> they they say we're getting old. Oh boy. <laughs> That'll put them in their place. Um tip of the spear. Fucking whippersnappers. Okay. Okay, so we're going to go in the pair room. Uh thanks everybody. We'll see some okay. of you then. Okay. Uh, see, you still... see everybody next Friday. What's I, that? I, wait, I want to give you a little taste. Oh, yeah, this is a mere taste. See you later, Bob. See you later, Bob. See, I'll tell you. Never gets old. The actual parrot. Okay. Yeah, from the parrot room. Okay, see you. <laughs>